Hello and welcome to Classical Music Career Podcast. My guest today is Rebecca Okpoti, who you might know as a girly organist on Instagram. I came across Rebecca's account and even though I know very little about the organ, her content just drew me in. It is conversational, honest, personal and relatable. She shows the truth about the highs and lows of being a musician, including videos of real-time practicing, something that I think we should all start doing. Today's conversation is all about the Instagram, the girly organist vlogging experience, and how she built a community through her honest and relatable content. I personally found this conversation very inspiring, as it allowed me to widen my own perception of social media. So check out Rebecca's account, the girly organist on Instagram, and she recently started her Patreon account, so if you would like to support her, you can also find her there. This podcast is created by InClassics, web development agency for musicians. We create beautiful and easy-to-manage websites, and you can learn more about us on our website inclassics.com. And now let's jump right into this conversation. It was nice to come across your account, and I was very touched by the honesty of it, you know, because we as musicians, we often try to portray ourselves in a certain way, especially on social media, so, you know, we only put like as you as you maybe said somewhere yeah, it's like if a practice video and the person like perfectly playing everything you know it's like it creates a bit unrealistic view of of who we are and what we do and it's not only for the audience but for us ourselves no because when we see other musicians always being perfect and you come and you, you're not it's like a little hard no so it was very nice to see your account and and the honesty of it tell me a little bit about yourself um rebecca and you may probably have came across me as the girly organist on social media. I work at Liverpool Hope University and uh, I'm a social organist at Leeds Cathedral here in England, in the north. And um, yeah, I use my channel to just show the highs and lows and all the craziness in between that goes with being an organist. But do I understand correctly? Did you start this channel just a year ago on the 1st of January, like 2022? Yeah, so I started, well, I only started playing the organ properly in 2020, August. So it's not that long ago, really. But uh, disclaimer, I do have a background in classical piano. So it's not, you know, from, from complete ground zero. But I started the channel and it, you know, often people start um, social media channels to try and keep themselves accountable or you know as a kind of public profile i just kind of started mine for uh, for fun really because i don't actually have any personal social media because i don't think i do anything that interesting so you know the organ is the most interesting thing i do and so i just kind of started it for fun really uh, to see if everybody else's experience is sort of weird and wonderful as mine as opposed to you know it wasn't to keep myself accountable or as a professional profile or anything like that it was it was a more holistic look at the director of music in a, in a parish church and what does life look like um for that because you know i think lots of lots of it goes undocumented and people don't really know so it's um maybe an education for other people to have a sort of peek into a world they might never be part of, really. At the moment, I'm also just learning about social media. So I was always playing in the orchestra. I never had to do social media. You know, never. it was never part of my life. And uh, now that I started this podcast, I also have a, a company that makes websites. So, of course, the subject of social media is a big one. So I'm very curious about all the things that, that you do. So first of all, how do you make content for your social media how do you find the time for it and how do you do it okay so this, i feel like this is confessions of an organist coming out um i have three mobile i have one that is personal and then uh, that's the one that i also do my girly organist thing on 
and then I have two for work but different parts of work so I try and keep work the girly organist organ related things very separate so I think that helps manage it literally I just vlog whatever it is that I'm doing so I think sometimes you know it's this idea of unscripted storytelling and I think one of the biggest influences on me has been I watch quite a lot of YouTube one of my hobbies I only have two hobbies one is playing the organ and the other is fashion um, and there's a lot of YouTubers who uh, do fashion content so I watch uh, kind of quite a lot of long form uh, video so I've picked up kind of things from that or what works or you know try and think of what do I enjoy what do I enjoy most about watching whether that's a TV program whether that's YouTube or, or Instagram and what is it that I feel I'm not getting so what is it that I'd really like to see and I'm not seeing and you know there's some people this idea of subscribing or following um, there's a YouTuber called Michelle Carre she does a series called challenge accepted which is all like sports and you know she went through a beauty pageant to see what it's like and went and worked for the fire service and she does all sorts of random things and um i don't think she's done any music ones no she hasn't done any music ones to date but you know she went and trained to be a ballerina in 12 weeks and things like that and you know she just vlogs what she's doing you know now you can see the progression in her own work over time where obviously now it's much more curated because she's got a bigger team, etc. But in the earlier sort of you know, earlier days of the channel, um, this idea of you know if you find something interesting, then chances are someone else is going to find find it interesting. Um, and I think that you know if you don't curate it too much, then people connect with it, so they want to watch it more because you know. I, we don't need more concert organists. I mean, I do lots of recitals. Um, I don't know if I class myself as a concert organist, really, because I do do quite a bit of liturgical playing as well. But I think, you know, if, if you want to go and look at the organ on Instagram or YouTube or any of these channels and see fantastic performances, then it's there. It's going to pop up. It's going to be the first thing. If you want to actually know something about the organ or know, you know, what's involved in becoming an organist or what people literally do in their everyday lives, what's the narrative of someone's life, then I like to think that that's where my content comes in. Because personally, I don't really watch full performances on, on video. I would rather listen to the recording so that I can imagine what it looks like when it's played. So, you know, that kind of what your own interests, there will be other people that share that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I really just don't overthink it. You know, I've, I've practicing tonight and, uh, and I've got some videos and some things. I was like, okay, that's, that's gone well. And other things, I'm like, this is terrible. So I pull registration on and I'm like, okay, you know, I think you should always try and get to the end of the piece, even if it's diabolical because uh, it's good for the soul. So I think, you know, just kind of being, I don't want to say your authentic self because that sounds so a bit weird and cliche and, and we hear 
message. It's not that it's it's show what you do in real time. So three minutes of real time as opposed to three minutes of advert. Absolutely. And actually, you know, I agree with you that, that this uh, phrase of like being authentic self and being yourself is being so overused. But at the same time, we don't see so much of being of people being themselves, right? Because there is somehow this uh, mask that you put on public, right? And it's not necessarily bad. We all play a certain role, you know, and uh, especially as performers, we need this persona on stage. And of course, that persona also comes to the internet. But I absolutely love what you said about finding your your space in this content creation. It is absolutely true that like there is all, there are all the recordings, there are so many performers. And anyways, we cannot bring a live performance experience into a digital world, especially when we speak about organ. You know, the last time I, I was playing uh, some piece with an organ, it was in the Hamburg Elb Philharmonie, you know, and it was like the ground was shaking every time that the organ would come in. So how can you put that into the iPhone, you know? You know, I think there is a place for that content, but I think, you know, it's who you're trying to reach. You know, who's the end user? Who is it? I want, you know, a lot of the people that follow me, they're from all around the world. And lots of them are in parishes. You know, they're not ordinary people. Maybe they've played piano. They're trying to learn the organ to help their church or they just really love the instrument. And they're like, they've, they've got a few lessons with someone at a cathedral or something. And they just love the instrument and the process. And I think, you know, in their minds, they look at you and go, wow, you're amazing. But going, actually, you know, we're the same, really. You know, I'm going to sit there and, and absolutely have a tantrum at the organ. I had one tonight. Um, <laughs> but that normally is part of the process. So I think the more that people can see your genuine personality just in day-to-day -day life, interacting with other people, and, you know, there's just a camera on, um, I think one of the videos I did yesterday was when we were moving the organ and I just said to him, we're stepping up, can I, you know, stick the camera on? And it was on for about an hour and a half. And then I just, that's funny, you know, because he's going, oh, we're moving it to the east. And I'm going, yeah, let's move it. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah, it's um, As opposed to just saying, oh, the organ's been moved. You know, and if people were to meet me, like, you know, you've met me now, again, I suppose it's virtually, but if you were to, to meet me in person, you'd get the same sort of response. So I think for me as well, it's that consistency across, you know, uh, they call it branding, it's brand consistency, but it's personality consistency really is, is you know, and character, it should all marry up, really. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, actually, you know, it's interesting, the subject of the of the audience. So you say that that your audience is a lot of people from parishes, yeah, and also people who learn the organ. So it's a very specific audience. Uh, did you think of these things when you were starting the channel, or it just came naturally that, that that people who like want to learn the organ started following you? And do you now, when you create a content, do you think of who are you creating it for? Like, that, do you know that I'm making this for people who practice organ rather than people who just want to listen to organ? No, I don't think about that. I just make whatever it is that I'm doing. I do think a little bit about who is listening um, and what are they listening for. So, you know, I don't have very many followers that are, you know, sort of saying, oh, that wasn't a very good performance because it's. I think it's quite obvious that it's not the space for that. You know, if you want to do that, then you can uh, comment you know, come up to me and comment after a performance or something. That's that's fine. That's the time to do that. Um, but I think I get lots of emails from people saying, oh, I'm glad it's not just me that experienced that or 
and it's not just me that you know I think that that's weird um I'm glad it's not just me that kind of always has a cup of tea next to me when I'm practicing you know and it's the smallest things but it's just real life it's everyday normal life you know Absolutely. And I think this normal life is very important for like for for mental health, you know, for us as as musicians, as as students. And, you know, like simple examples, like my uh, my girlfriend, she's teaching violin. She started during the pandemic. So it's also for her very new, the small children. And at some point she comes home and she's like, look, I watched this YouTube video and there is this like lady who is showing like, look, I'm teaching this child to play. And she says like, and she gives her like three instructions and then the child plays perfectly everything, you know, in tune with music, with rhythm, you know, and she's like, but this is not how it works, you know. And when you say like, of course, that, that like someone was teaching this child for like six months to do that one piece, you know, and then they make a video. And then that reality is lost, you know. The other one is like when people prepare for auditions and they go on YouTube to listen how to, how the excerpt sounds. And you have someone who was preparing that excerpt also for God knows how long. And then you're like, I would never play like this. I wouldn't go for audition, you know. And then you're depressed and then you go into this. So like the, the real content actually, it's uh, now that we live in this world where we do share things like this, you know, like that it's very important to have this just reality, just to know how it is without the filters, without cuts. So uh, tell me, so one year on Instagram, what did it teach you? So like, what is the content that, that people like? Uh, how to make it engaging? Where do you get the ideas except for just putting the camera, you know, when, when you're moving the whole organ around the charge? <laughs> what have I learned? Well, I was a bit annoyed. I'll be honest, I was a bit annoyed because this year I broke my foot. No. Um, yeah which is like the worst thing to do as an organist, <laughs> to break your foot. And so I couldn't play for four months. So I'm like, I lost four months of progress this year. I didn't vlog anything in that time. I just sat on the sofa and ate like peanut butter on toast. <laughs> I didn't vlog anything at all. And so I feel like I've not given people a full year, uh, number one. Number two... If something's getting tiring to, you know, to do a particular type of content, then don't do it because it comes across, you know, don't do it just for the sake of it because people will know, you know, better to have a, a few days off or whatever and then post something that you kind of go, okay, yeah, I enjoyed that process at the same time rather than just for the sake of it. I, I quite like marketing and quite a few of my friends are in marketing. So I think even though I've not, you know, Facebook and things were out when I was you know, younger, but I'd never used it. So I only really started social media in lockdown. I've just kind of picked up a lot from the people around, around me as analytics and SEOs and things like that. Um, uh, choosing your platform, you know, I like watching YouTube, so for me, the obvious choice was like, oh, well, do a YouTube channel. But then I was like, well, no, because YouTube, you know, you have, you're talking sort of 10, 20 minutes an hour worth of content every time. And I don't want that sort of time. Um, and, you know, you might only post a video once a week, but there's so much more curation has to go into it. So uh, Facebook... As a bit catty, I'll be honest. I find it can be a bit catty, and you know, I really, I'm not into keyboard warriors. I always think if you wouldn't say it in person, you shouldn't say it online. Um, 
So, you know, I'm not the, the biggest fan of Facebook, but I think it's a, a necessary evil. And I like Instagram because it's relational. You know, it's there's an interaction, there's uh, comments, you can ask me things, I can answer, you can disagree, but, but it's about the kind of relational, you know, it's, it's a relational uh, media as opposed to performative, slightly more, uh, you know, in YouTube and things. So I think that's why I gravitated to Instagram. TikTok, I feel like the jury's out on TikTok. I'll be honest, I think it's still, it could be a fad, time will tell. Um, for me, I think that it's a little bit over-sexualized. I think that it's, there's some really grotesque things that pop up on there, which you're protected from slightly more on other, other social media outlets. And I feel like from a safeguarding, you know, perspective, obviously I'm over clean. But there are children on there and they, you know, they might be like 13, 14 year old girls and they don't look like their children, uh, you know, and they've got the makeup on and their outfits and the filters. And I think it's actually a very dangerous, potentially a dangerous space to be in. So, um, you know, it, I think there's, there's young people on other platforms, but not to the same extent as TikTok. Speaking of platforms, you are now uh, moving towards uh, Patreon, yeah? And actually, I, I know very little about this platform. So can you tell me a little bit about Patreon and uh, why did you go there? And what are the goals and what are the plans about that one? So Patreon, I thought, you know, I didn't want to start it in the first year. I want to see how it went. Um, I mean, the second year this year, and, you know, it's some of it is calculating the cost of being an organist you know I, I did I think it was 21 22 recital in 2022 with a broken foot and um, that cost me personally about three thousand pounds and I received in uh, donations I think 250 out of all of them so when that's the reality of it, I think there's lots of reasons for that. You know, it's not criticism as such. It's just, it is what it is. I think, I mean, I am a musician, but because, uh, you know, I kind of, uh, I work in academia as well. So I have a job um, full time, which means that that's an option for me, which is different to if you were a freelance you know, music teacher or uh, musician, then it, it would, you know, some of it wouldn't be possible. But I treat it as my hobby and, you know, it's been at completely at my own expense, which, you know, it, it's great. <laughs> I've wanted to condense, you know, things that people have done over five or six years into one, one year or, you know, slightly more. And I think that I have achieved that. So that was kind of goal with my playing and recitals and things like that. Um, so I think going forward, the Patreon is, you know, I'd like to buy a, a vlogging camera. Um, I'd like to buy some better equipment, um, you know, different editions of music, perhaps, um, you know, be able to invest some money in, you know, sort of doing commissions for new music. Um, or for young organists or putting events on and things like that 
So really the Patreon is, is there to facilitate that. So all this is essentially asking people to sponsor you. So essentially they're, you know, they might give sort of 10 pounds or 15 pounds or dollars or euros or whatever it is um, a month um, to help, you know, help uh, you kind of be able to, to do more, um, but to make the things that I am already doing go a lot further, you know, because you, you have to think about things. If, if, I mean, I don't do sponsored posts very, very often. I think I've only done two um, in the year, but, you know, that's like it, even a cheap one would be £50. So you have to think about these things. And I think, well, if people are enjoying it, then, you know, they can sort of help to to get more entertainment. You know, it's Comedy Central over here. Um, <laughs> um, so that's why. So that's uh, Patreon. You know, um, it all connects through PayPal as well. So it's quite safe. Um, on my website, uh, that's not got a Patreon page. I've not, not connected those two yet, but it does connect to the same PayPal. Um, so really, it's just asking people, you know, if you're enjoying what's coming out you want me to come and do a recital there's lots of places that ask me to come and do a recital and they go oh no we've not got any money and sometimes they go yeah still come other times no you know it's too far or whatever um i think it's just so that i can say yes to more people and to you know be able to encourage more people so that's why i'm going down that route it's not to sort of be a money maker as it were you know i'm not kind of my long-term goal isn't particular to, to become a a full-time content creator because I, I do lots of other really interesting things and I, I wouldn't want to stop doing those but some of that is you know what what feeds into you know uh, the organ things being so interesting but I would but it is to help help me be able to you know make it better quality make the sound better quality you know be able to go and, and play these recitals at places and it not fall on to the people that are just there uh, to, to pay for everything when they don't, maybe they don't have it. I think it's uh, it's actually it's amazing because often it's not even hundred percent clear. Yeah, so you do the social media, but what's the end goal? Uh, how to when speaking about monetizing, it's a completely different uh, story. Yet, so like in the end, we as musicians often end up making content just for the sake of it. You know, just because everyone is doing so, I'm gonna do. So something like like this uh, Patreon that that helps to bring at least a little bit of something for it because it just takes a lot of time also to create content, and when we when we do that we don't do something else. Um, so yeah, so absolutely great. Two questions left. So one is if you could give an advice to your younger self practicing piano, since you are now starting practicing a new instrument, what advice would that be? It would be go if you are learning piano. It would be go to your local church and also learn to play the organ. Because at the age of 12 or 13, I mean, I'm totally biased because I love the organ, but genuinely, you know, you don't know at that sort of 12, 13, 14 year old age necessarily if you're going to go into music. But I would say if you are, and, you know, that does happen, to be able to uh, make money. I think there's definitely more money to be made in the organ as an organist um, than there is with well as an organist with limited skill. There's a lot of money that can be made. A full, you know, you can make a full time living out of that, um, and people do time and time again in a way that you can't with piano. So you might love the piano, but I would say even if you you know think oh I don't like the organ it's a bit dirty or whatever, then you know 
lesson again, number one. But number two, go and learn the basics of how to play it because it will serve you well in the long run. If you could give advice to just young musicians in general who are trying to make their career in, in music, what could you suggest to them? I think that it would be don't accept the maybe, the yes or no. It will save you so much time. Same time, energy, upset, all completely unnecessary. You know, I think often um, people that are very creative uh, or artists or musicians, you know, you can spiral into overthinking really easily because of, you know, the training as a musician, it's all about overthinking really. Um, I think actually with that can then translate into, you know, opportunities in actual just your life of work and overthinking every little thing. But actually it doesn't need to be because the answers are not. Well, there's five different ways of interpreting this phrase. You know, it's a, is there a date for you or is there not? So don't overthink and get a definite. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, Rebecca, thank you so much for, for joining. It was absolutely a pleasure to talk to you and to meet you. And uh, it's just fantastic. And I, uh, and I wish you all the best with Organ. And I'm looking forward to seeing all of that on your Instagram account.